Guide us, O God, by your word and spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover your peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Reading this morning from the book of Mark. Uh, You can find it in your pew Bibles on page 41 in the New Testament. It's a familiar story. Listen now for the word of God. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. Jumping now to 53, verse 53. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret and moored the boat. When they got out of the boat, people at once recognized him and rushed about that whole region and began to bring the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages or cities or farms, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak and all who touched it were healed. The word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes. Open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding of your spirit. Amen. So a couple of weeks ago, I was walking out of the house and down the steps and managed to sprain my foot. Now, I tell you this not for your sympathy or to explain why I've been wearing running shoes in worship for the past few weeks, but actually to tell you that a few days later, you know, I'm icing the foot to keep the swelling down, and a few days later, my daughter Naomi saw me getting ice for my foot, and she asked, what are you doing? Well, I'm getting ice. Does it help your foot? Yes, it does. So then she asked for ice, too, to help her foot. Now, she wasn't injured, and the cold felt probably good, I guess, but she grew tired of this after a few minutes, and she went off to play, but then shortly she returned with a grocery bag that was filled with a couple of toys and those doctor gloves, you know, the gloves in the doctor's office? 
she always has to take a glove when she goes to the doctor. And so out of her bag, she pulls a doctor's glove and a few other items, a piece of yarn, and, and begins, he puts her little hand in this giant glove and begins to look at my foot. And I asked her, are you the doctor? She said, yes, I'm going to look at your foot. And she gave me the diagnosis. It is hurt. Well, what should I do, I asked. She said, you should put ice on it. And then she proceeded to give me a toy block, which was her prescription of medicine that would help my foot. Culturally speaking, when we think of healing, we think of this kind of physical care. Doctor looking out for our health. And at a glance, what Naomi offered was an attempt at this kind of care, but what she really offered was the kind of healing, the kind of care that does the heart good. Now, a child offering empathy and compassion of kindness may not have healed my foot, but her care did offer a sense of wholeness. A two-and-a-half-year-old girl walked alongside me when I could only hobble. Scripture this morning brings us into the middle of the ministry of Jesus and the disciples. People are coming from near and from far to hear Jesus teach and to experience Christ's healing. They come for themselves, they come for their neighbors, for their friends, for their loved ones. They come people who are not well, they come people who want to hear a word of compassion. Now healing in this text is described by several words, words for sick, words for healing, and in the original language of the Bible they offer a wide definition of meaning. But the word that commanded my attention when reading the scripture and preparing the sermon was, was the word beg. And in scripture, in today's scripture, it says that people would beg even to touch the cloak of Jesus. And in Greek, the language of the New Testament, the Greek Testament, the word which is translated as beg uh, is the word parakaleo, which literally translated means to call for or to encourage and in this particular story has the sense of calling out for as going by as someone is passing by or or passing through a room it's a word that's related to another very important greek word which is the word paraclete a word which theologically we use to know and understand as a word for God's spirit. It's a word which means advocate. And here in the text, healing happens through presence, through the presence of an advocate, through Jesus. And Jesus comes to be with people as they experience God's compassion. They experience a a restoration, a a wholeness, a sense of being made well. And what has occurred in calling out for Jesus was not so much a transaction where Jesus heals and moves on. It is an act that has a sense of being restored beyond simple wounds. 
It's an experience of the advocate, of presence, of God with us, of Jesus. Sam Wells is an author, and he is also the vicar of St. Martin of the Fields Church in Trafalgar Square in London. He wrote a book called The Nazareth Manifesto. No other book in my life has influenced my understanding of the theology of mission as much as this particular book. He writes about God's ongoing activity of being with humans and human communities. And likewise, the ministry of the church is ultimately the activity of both being with God as well as being with one another, both in this sanctuary as well as out in the world. Wells writes in this book, Reconciliation is the gospel. There is no gospel other than the one that requires and makes possible restored relationships with God, one another, and the creation. God has no ambitions and seeks no final goal beyond restored relationship. The relationship is the purpose of creation. Wells explains that we might do something for somebody else that helps them. Or we might do something with them. We might even be for them, encouraging or being, being an advocate, but the most profound action in human life is when one person can be fully with another, to be fully present. That is in the way that God lives to be present to us, our mission then as the church is ultimately that we can imitate Christ to be with one another. And this being goes beyond people we know or people that we like. might sound easier than it is, Being with someone that we disagree with can be hard. Being with someone who we have been taught is an enemy is nearly impossible. Being with someone, with another person, who is in the middle of poverty or racism or sexism or homophobia or some kind of political discord or any other disease of difference or even indifference can be painfully challenging. And Wells would say that we don't solve other people's problems. Being with also is not about altruism. Rather, in such faithful actions as being with, we experience a sense of God's abundance by being with, by being present. Now, churches in the 21st century aren't likely to be the ones that heal medical conditions. But the world needs spaces for healing. The world needs spaces for a different kind of healing as well, for reconciliation, for wholeness, 
for restoration of self, identity, restoration of communities. The church has gifts for creating these kinds of spaces. The church can be like the Spirit, can be an advocate. The church can walk with others, can be present with people. The church can and does imitate Jesus. But wholeness, reconciliation, real healing, authentic healing cannot happen if we cannot be with God or ourselves or others. We know we simply cannot fix a person's illness or situation. Healing doesn't happen without a journey. We know this. And since God is walking with humanity to restore well-being, so too the church can walk with one another and can walk with the world through all of life's circumstances. The church can embody God's Spirit. It can call for, can encourage, can be advocates for people. And these are gifts that the church has been given. So what might this look like? I have two stories for you. One is close to home and one from is, far, is from farther away. So let's start at home. Now, Jefferson Avenue Presbyterian Church hosts summer arts camps, week-long camps. We just finished the second week of these camps. We're about to enter a third. And children and youth engage in creative learning and activities, cooperative play in the building, out on the front lawn. And as an aside, I have to say, from my second-floor study, watching the children and the youth and the adults play in the gardens. It's one of the great reminders to me as to why this church's ministries are so meaningful, are so important to our community. But this past week, this past week, the arts program was led in partnership with people from Westminster Presbyterian Church in Ann Arbor. And they offered a clear reminder of the meaning of these camps on Friday. As the week was winding down, after days of art and play and learning, the kids each took the artwork that they had made over the week, and the adults helped them design a gallery space to show what they had created. Now, the adult leaders then walked the youth through an exercise of being with one another through affirmation. The students were given sticky notes and instructions to go through and visit their peers' galleries and lift up what they find as interesting, as imaginative, as something that struck them as as neat or, or important. They were instructed to lift up specific examples from the art. And so then the youth walked together through these galleries to do this to offer up words of light for one another. Now, I can only hope that the impact of this moment, this exercise, is carried out into the city by these youth who participated as they were walking with one another, 
I hope they can go out and walk with others in the rest of their lives. The second story I want to share comes from Bob McKillop, who is the head coach of Davidson College's basketball team. Just to warn you, I know very little about basketball, so forgive me if I get the details wrong. I grew up in Michigan. I know hockey people tease me about it. But Davidson, from what I understand, is a small liberal arts college with a big-name Division I basketball program. And if you don't know NCAA basketball like I don't know NCAA basketball, you might at least know one of their recent players, students, who went pro. Stephen Curry of the L.A. Lakers. Now, McKillop wrote an op-ed piece for the Washington Post about a trip that the team was making, that Davidson College's basketball team was taking this summer to the Auschwitz concentration camp. Not where the basketball teams usually go to practice. And while he said that they would not touch a basketball the entire time, that they were traveling, Coach McKillop made it clear that he believes that they will be a better team for this experiential learning. McKillop wrote, We are going to have an experience in which we depend upon each other emotionally. What we will experience, what we will see, and how we will respond to it is going to require a tremendous degree of teamwork and emotional togetherness. Coach McKillop continues, I want students to understand this experience for life and bring it back here, not just as a lesson, but to live what they learned. Our world needs leaders who aim to lead and to serve, guided by humane instincts and creative and disciplined minds. We need advocates for and defenders of human dignity. The volatility of our world right now requires a response informed by both a respect for human dignity and an understanding of what happens in its absence. student art camps, a basketball team taking a trip together, being with one another. Simple opportunities have profound consequences by nurturing people in the ways of being with one another by being in the presence of God. The world needs the kind of healing spaces where people can be with God and be with one another. And churches around the world, including this one, have gifts for opening people to this kind of healing presence. It is my prayer that such healing spaces be cultivated, nurtured, be sustained for the life of the world and all of its people today and always. Amen.